wanted to thank each of you for joining me here today so we can talk about victims' rights. Um, each one of us are victim advocates here at the Stanislaus County District Attorney's Office. Um, my name's Cassie. Would each of you please introduce yourselves by stating your first name? Yes, hello. I'm Susan. Hi, I'm Brittany. Hi, my name is Elizabeth. Hi, my name is Courtney. Hello, I'm Narender. Thank you so much. So one thing I really wanted to, to start off this discussion is what even is a victim advocate? Can somebody please answer that for me, please? Yeah, absolutely. So a victim advocate assists a victim of a crime. There's different levels of victim advocates. We here specifically are part of the prosecution team. So we act as a guide for a victim through the criminal justice process. We connect them with the services that are available to them and also make sure that they're aware of their rights. We act as a liaison between the victims and the deputy district attorneys that handle their cases. Thank you so much for that information. Um, just a follow up question for that is if charges aren't filed, will you still serve the victim of that crime? Yes. So as long as we have a police report that identifies them as a victim of a crime, they can qualify for services. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, my next question is, do you serve victims of all crime types? I'll answer that one. We do, in fact, serve victims of all crime types um, from, you know, vehicle theft, fraud. I mean, really, just to name a few, you know, those are some along with assaults, domestic violence um, charges and cases, as well as um, families that have, you know, someone who was um, killed, you know, so homicides, really it's it's a long, long list of crimes and services are available to anyone who's, like Liz said, um, a victim listed on the report. Perfect, thank you. Um, so one thing I really wanted to touch on here is victims' rights, obviously, if that's what our discussion is about today. Um, Courtney, would you mind sharing with everyone um, what Marcy's Law is? Yeah, of course. So as advocates, we are all familiar with what Marcy's Law is, but just to share a little bit for everyone else, um, Marcy's Law is otherwise known as the California Victims Bill of Rights Act of 2008. It was actually voted for and uh, passed in 2008 and then established in 2009. Um, it's commonly known as Marcy's Law, where Marcy's Law is actually written into the California Constitution under Article 1, Section 28. And if you guys don't mind, I can actually read out all 17 Marcy's Law rights. I think that would be helpful. Okay. So the rights, there are 17. The first Marcy's Law right is the right to be treated with fairness and respect. The second right is protection from the defendant. The third right is victim safety consideration in setting bail and release conditions. The fourth right is the prevention of the disclosure of confidential information. The fifth right is refusal to be interviewed by the defense. The sixth right is conference with the prosecution and notice of pretrial disposition. The seventh right is notice of and presence at public proceedings. The eighth right is appearance at court proceedings and expression of views. 
The ninth right is speedy trial and prompt conclusion of the case. The tenth right is provision of information to the probation department. The eleventh right is receipt of pre-sentence report. The twelfth right is information about conviction, sentence, incarceration, release, and escape. The thirteenth right is the right to restitution. The fourteenth right is the prompt return of property. The fifteenth right is the notice of parole procedures and release on parole. The sixteenth right is safety of victims and public are factors in parole release. And the seventeenth right, which can be arguably the most important, is information about the above sixteenth rights. Thank you, Courtney. I know that was a mouthful, but um, I know it's very important that people are aware of Marcy's Law and all 17 of their rights. So thank you for listing those for us. Um, a question I have here, Narendra, if you wouldn't mind answering this, is what happens when a victim's rights are conflicting with the defendant's rights? Well, <clears throat> defendants have rights to select counsel or waive time, which can slow down the process. We don't have control over the speedy process, but we can assist the victim by allowing them to practice their Marcy's rights to a speedy trial and prompt conclusion of the case by asking them to, uh, by asking the deputy district attorney to allow the victim to be heard in court so they can practice their rights. Thank you. Brady here. Um, so I know we have advocates who speak various languages such as English, Spanish, Punjabi, and Hindi. But how do you serve victims who speak in other language that wasn't one that I listed? Elizabeth, would you mind answering that? Sure. So I am bilingual. I speak English and Spanish, so I can assist victims in either of those languages. But when we encounter a language barrier, we have a telephone service called Language Line that we can use for translation services. So we can definitely use that when we're making our initial call with the victims to let them know of their rights and what services are available. And usually in the courthouse, they have translators who are available in multiple languages, but if for some reason there isn't one available, if they have questions before having to testify or anything like that, we can definitely use the language line when we're in the hallway. That's really good to know, thank you. Let's see here, and Susan, I'd like to ask you, um, what kind of services can an advocate provide to a victim who doesn't want prosecution? Well, you know, we whether a victim um, wants prosecution or not, we still provide them with all the services that we would normally provide to any other victim of crime who does want prosecution. Um, victims have the right to hear about the criminal justice system, what there are their rights are as a victim um, in a case because um, we never know why a victim uh, maybe not want prosecution. It might be out of fear. It might be out of financial reasons. Um, there's many different reasons why victims are not wanting prosecution. So we always want to make sure that we're supporting them the best way we can and answering all their questions so they can have uh, be fully informed on what their rights are. Thank you. And can somebody please inform me of what the California Victims Compensation Board is and everything that it entails? 
Yes, I can answer that too. Um, so the California Crime Victim Compensation Board is a state agency that provides um, victims with the rights to um, uh, for claims, um, uh, restitution, or um, also for financial uh, provisions. Um, and they the, some of the um, the claims that we can file for are for counseling, for medical and dental expenses, income and loss. Funeral and burial expenses, residential and security reasons, or relocations for safety purposes. Um, those applications we can assist on filing with the victims. Um, once the application is filed, um, it's up to Cal VCB or California Crime Victims Compensation Board to um, uh, approve that or not. That's not our decision. That will be their decision. So once it's in their hands, it's up to them what they decide to do. And I just have a follow-up question. Anybody can answer this about how long does it take for an application to be processed? You know, it really varies and anybody probably can answer on that. There's been um, different response times on that, um, depending on the caseload uh, that they're receiving from the many different offices in California for, for the claims. Um, usually typically say a few months, but it, it can go longer. Um, depending on um, what the applicant is is requesting. And right now with COVID too, um, I think anywhere between like 60 to 120 days is what last I heard from the CalVCB representatives. That's definitely good to know. So it's not something that you can just fill out and the next day you're going to receive um, an answer. <laughs> Correct, yes. Yeah. And it's important too to know that they don't cover property crime. That's more restitution. They cover more like counseling, like Susan said, medical, dental, things like that. That's and I definitely also like good to add in as well for the California Victims Compensation Board. Um, one thing is, is you don't need a social security number to apply. You just have to be a victim of crime um, for a crime that occurred in California. Yes. And I would also like to chime in too. Um, you do need a report um, to law enforcement if you're going to do CalVCB, unless you're a sexual assault victim. Is that correct? Also, victims of domestic violence, if it's unreported, there's other means of proof of the violence that they can submit to the state. Okay. Else have anything to say? I was just going to mention that. Beginning, we talked about a big one that we do is you know filling out a claim for people, um, you know, with their assistance for counseling. And we always make sure people know, even if you don't want to have counseling right now, it's a good thing to just have filled out and on file. So if you decide a year, a few years from now that you would like to get those services, and we definitely get those phone calls. Um, so it's definitely something to just be mindful. You don't have to utilize it that very moment but that it's a good thing to, to have done. And that, that just uh, reminds me of something else um, also too for victims that are, we call them residual victims or, or victims who are, um, who actually have witnessed a crime as well. So it might not be the actual victim of the crime, but it could be someone who actually witnessed a crime that also can be considered for a claim. So I wanted to add that as well. And also, the crime, if you did it in another county, we can still do the claim here in our county as well. And one more thing I want to add is victims have seven years from the date of the crime to apply. 
So it's not something that they have to decide right away that they want to apply. They have time. Um, it used to be three years, but now they've extended it to seven years. And there is an exception for victims of child sexual abuse. They have, I believe, until their 28th birthday to apply. Good Great. point. That's what I was thinking in my head. I'm like, I know that, that there's something about minors. Thank you. Alrighty. So I just wanted to wrap this up with one more question that I think it's really important for all of us to, you know, just say a little piece on. Um, what is one thing that you can briefly share that makes you want to get up every morning and serve victims of crime? I know myself personally, just being able to walk into work every day and know that there's a possibility of making a difference in at least one person's life. That's what makes me keep coming back day after day is knowing that, you know, we very well may be the only person um, that that person has to speak to about an incident that's happened with them and, and just being a support person. Um, Narinder, do you have something for this? Yes, uh, what makes me get up is making sure that they get the justice, um, justice for the victims, providing support, um, educating them on the criminal justice system, providing resources that they're not aware of to make them get through what they can with this process and let them know that we're here to support them any way we can and that our heart is in our work. Courtney, do you have something to add? For me, um, the reason why I love doing what I do is because being a victim of a crime can feel very isolating and confusing because the criminal justice process is ever-changing and I like to know that at least they have one person that can be on their side and one constant that they have to rely on and we may not have all the answers but we're definitely a good place to start and so that's what that's what keeps me going. Yes. Um, so I, I never knew what I wanted to do with my career path when I was in college. I knew that I wanted to help people and I knew that I wanted to work somewhere in the criminal justice field that just always intrigued me. And so having this job where I can do both is just really awesome for me. I love what I do. I love coming to work every day. I love my team and I just love, you know, like all the others have said, you know, making a difference in someone's life and just guiding them through this really, you know, um, complicated process and helping them in a moment of crisis. Brittany, what makes you get up every morning? <laughs> I'd say, you know, we come into work and we do really good and really challenging work, right? Meeting people where they're at and they're experiencing maybe one of the most difficult or more difficult situations in their life. And if I could, I'd take a magic wand and, you know, I'd wave it and, and make it so it, it didn't happen. Um, but that's not something that we're able to do, right? But what we can offer is, and what I you know want to strive to do is offering some, some comfort and some calm amidst the chaos and if that's a listening ear to them expressing their frustrations or to, you know, maybe some of their, their heartache or their, their turmoil, then, you know, that's why I show up so I can, you know, just be present with people 
um, and just sit with, you know, when they're experiencing something that's potentially very unimaginable, unimaginable and not something they've ever come across before. Definitely. Susan, would you mind closing this question out? Yes. Um, you know, I think my, my answer is probably accumulation of all the answers that, that everybody gave. Um, I can tell you that to wake up each morning and to know that, you know, we possibly can make a difference in somebody's life. Um, and also to the reward of, of watching um, victims become empowered by the information that we give them um, to watch them through the process and be very timid in the beginning and then to see towards the end how they're they stand up for themselves and they're able to um, know what their rights are um, their victims rights and i think that's the most empowering thing and rewarding thing to see as an advocate is to see the difference that we can make once they're educated to know what their rights are well, I just want to thank you ladies one more time for joining me here today. I'm so happy that we were able to discuss victims' rights and get this out to the community. Um, so we hope to see you again on the next episode of It's Your Right. This podcast was brought to you by the Stanislaus County District Attorney's Office Victim Services Unit, here to help, support, and empower.